Good morning. I don't know if this could have been more perfect. Like we were concerned about shade and then we were like, we live in Northeast Wisconsin. So shade is usually not a problem. So I'm thankful for that today and uh, just grateful that you guys are here with us. Um, if, uh, if you are new here this morning, if this is your first time here or if you wandered over from the campground or um, if, if you thought that this was the concert, like bands in the park or something like that, and now you're like, oh no, we can't leave. Um, let me affirm that, you cannot leave. But, but uh, let me also say you're welcome here and uh, we're just glad that you are here with us uh, this morning. This is a little different than what we typically do and so um, it's, just, it's just an exciting thing to just be outside and to worship our King um, together. So I am grateful for that. Uh, and if you would do me a favor, we're going we're gonna to pray, and I'm just going to share some encouragement from, from Scripture, and then we are going to do some baptisms, and we are going to uh, eat a meal together and just uh, be the family of God together. So this is, this is going to be a great morning. So let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, God. We thank you for who you are and um, who we get to be because of that, because of what you have done. And God, what we get to be is your, is your family, your children, your sons and your daughters. So God, this morning, as we, as we continue in our worship of you, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to the glorious truths of your word. God, I pray, I pray for those of us who, um, who've been following you for a long time. I pray, God, that you would reignite and stoke the fires of our affections for you. And God, for those of us who are new in the faith and maybe have just recently come to know you as Lord and have, have been following you, God, I pray that I pray for those here that they would be encouraged with the word, that they would be just further, further motivated and that their joy would increase here this morning. And God, for those this morning who are still seeking, who are still trying to figure out who you are and, and what all this means. God, I pray that you would speak this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would indwell our hearts and verify the truth of the words that, that we sing today, the words that we, that we speak today and that we read today and, and the baptisms that we see, that it would all be a testimony to who you are and who you are as our God. And we love you and we submit all of this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, um, a big part of what we are doing this morning is, is baptism. And so what I thought it would be good to do is to just look at, at what do we mean when we talk about baptism? What do we, how do we observe baptism? Baptism is um, it, it's this thing that throughout church history has always been there and always been a part of of what we have done as a church, and different churches have done things um, different ways. And so um, I just thought it'd be good to say, okay, as Faith Church, what, do, what, what does our church historically believe about baptism? How do we observe it? Why do we observe it that way? And, um, and I think that's important because our church is unique. Our church is unique in a couple of ways. One, it's unique in that um, even though we're in Peshtigo, we have people from all over the county that, that call this their church home. And so every week when we gather together and we worship together, we're very mindful that we are sending people out um, all over the county. 
And so uh, we're, we're mindful of that. But the other way that we're unique is that we are made up of people from many different backgrounds. And so some of you here grew up in, in traditional Baptist churches, and some of you here grew up in Catholic churches, and some of you here grew up in Lutheran churches, and some of you here um, didn't grow up in church. And so we all kind of come together in this church family um, as, as one family from all these different backgrounds, which to me is just an incredibly beautiful thing. And, and it's, but it can be important then to kind of get us on the same page and say, okay, well, then what is it that we believe about this? Why is baptism so important to us? Now, if you did not grow up Baptist, that may be one of the things that you're like, ah, those, those Baptists are weird because they're always dunking people and they're doing that whole thing. And if that's you, if you feel that way a little bit, you're not alone because I grew up, um, I actually grew up in the United Methodist Church. And so I was um, baptized as a baby, and, um, and I, didn't, I don't remember it very well, um, but I, I know, I hear stories that it happened. And um, so when I first had my experience in a Baptist church was actually when I did my internship, and I, Lauren and I moved to California and went to seminary, and I did an internship. And this was my first experience in a, in a Baptist church. And, and, and any church that baptized believers, and, and once they could make that decision. And so I wasn't sure, like, you know, how this all worked. Um, they asked me when they hired me, they said, well, are you willing to be baptized? And I said, yes. At that point, I was scripturally convinced that, that I needed to be baptized as a believer, um, and that I, though I appreciate what, what happened, um, what my parents did when I was an infant, like, I needed to make that step um, myself. So I was fully convinced of that. I was ready to do that. And so I started working at the church before that happened, and, and I was just supposed to get that done, but I forgot to get that done. And I was about just not too long into my time there, we had a baptism service. And um, I, I, I walked up, and I, I had volunteered to record it by video. And so we had a pastor there who was baptizing people. And one of the people that wanted to get baptized was a student in the small group that I led. So one of my small group students had uh, made a commitment to Christ and wanted to be baptized, which was super exciting. I was so excited that he was doing that. And he gets into the um, baptism. And the way we did it at that church was people would share a testimony, and then they would, um, the pastor would always ask, who is here to support you? Who is your family here? Because it was a really big church. And so we had to, um, he wanted to kind of identify, like, who is it that you see as your family and so um, this student gets up there, and um, this pastor, his name was Steve, and he was asking him all these questions, and, and he said, so who's here supporting you? And, and he said, my small group is here. And they said, oh, it's great, and the small group all cheers, and he's like, who's your, who's your small group leader? And he points at me, and goes, Jay is. And, and Steve, who recognized me as being on staff but didn't know me or my story, said, well, hey, why doesn't Jay baptize you? And I'm thinking but I haven't been baptized. This is a bad idea. And at that point, I still wasn't sure about Baptists. I'm like, what happens if I step in the baptismal and I haven't been baptized? Like, do I go poof? Like, do people, does, like, do I highlight a different color and they come and they grab me and run away? So I'm terrified. And I, I'm like, all irrational thoughts are going through my head. And so I'm like, ah, no, I'm good. And, and Steve says, no, 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 it'd be great. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm recording video. And, and so like, I can't, I, I, I shouldn't do that. And he goes, well, somebody else can. Hey, John, why don't you come and, and record this? And then I was like, well, I don't have any clothes like that I could get wet in. He goes, we've got those. Come on. And I'm like, okay. 
And so I step out into the water with this kid. I'm thinking, oh, his baptism isn't going to be valid. This is a mess. I'm going to have to profess. And they're all going to think I'm not a Christian. And so as we, as we get there, he could tell, thankfully, the pastor, Steve, could tell that I was nervous. So he thought it was just because maybe I hadn't done many and I was just nervous about doing it there. So he offered to help me with it, like stay there with me. And I was like, great idea. So I, I, I get there and I'm, I'm holding the student. And Steve's on the other side, and we're, we're both on either, both sides of him, like this. And as, he, as Steve starts to profess these things over him, we go to dunk. And when we go to dunk, I'm thinking, I'm just, all kinds of rational thoughts are going through my head. What do I do? What do I do? And as he goes under the water, I just let go. Because <laughs> in my mind, as long as I don't touch him when he's in the water, we're all safe. Like, nothing's going to happen. And so I let him go, and then when he came back out, I was like, hey, and put my arms back in there. It was such a strange experience, and Steve kind of looked at me. He felt like something odd happened, and later I told him about it, and he, just, he was just shaking his head, and it was just this crazy thing. So sometimes baptism, when you don't understand it, when we just know it's this thing, it can, it can make us feel kind of strange. It make us feel like, well, I, don't, I really don't know what that means, or why am I supposed to do that, or what is, what is all this about, and are we making too big of a deal? So what I want to do this morning is I just want to, I want to just touch on that. And I want to do it through the lens that we've come to know as kind of our identity statement as Faith Church, which is that we are God's family on mission. And I want us, in this time, the first thing that I want to make sure is clear about baptism, this may sound strange, but it's not about you. Baptism is not primarily about you. It's primarily about God. Baptism, we, we think of this in terms of a lot of times that baptism is the step I'm taking, that I'm declaring, the statement that I'm making, and that is an important piece, but it's not the main piece. The main piece is that it is God declaring something over you. It is God who ordained baptism. It is God who set forth Jesus to be baptized, and, and it is God declaring this over you. We see this in Matthew 3, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. It's not primarily my statement or your statement. It is primarily God's statement from himself that you belong to him, that you are his child, and that you are in his family. So when people witness your baptism, the message that they're hearing when you get baptized or when you are baptized isn't, oh, wow, look at Dean's faith. Look at the incredible faith that he has. No, the testimony is what an incredible God we have. Every baptism that we have this morning is a testimony to the God of the universe who created us and has rescued us, and has called us his own. It is about him. It symbolizes that we belong to him, and so it's this unity with Christ. That's what it's symbolizing, and that, by the way, is why we do immersion. I mean, obviously, an identifying mark of the Baptist tradition is baptism by immersion, and and a foundational reason is is the word baptism in in the in the Greek baptizo means Im- to immerse. But that's only a piece of the puzzle. Beyond that, it's what immersion signifies. 
And it symbolizes our participation, our unified participation with Christ in his death and his resurrection. Romans 6 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So in immersion, we, we are symbolizing this unity with Christ, in, buried with him in his death as we go below the water and raised to walk in newness of life as we come out of the water. It's not about the amount of water. It's not about um, any, any of those things. It's about un- symbolizing this unity with Christ because that's what it's symbolizing. It means that we are unified with Christ. It means to, that, that we die to ourselves and we become new creations. It's, it means that your wagon is hitched permanently to Christ. It's not a, a set of beliefs. It is a whole new identity. See, Jesus doesn't help you achieve your dreams. It's that your dreams die and you take on the plans and the dreams of God. You exchanged your, you exchanged your own sovereignty over your own life to be under his rule. You exchange your very life for his. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Hear this. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. If you are here and you're wondering about just Christianity and and how baptism connects in that, being a Christian, hear me, being a Christian is not just believing in God. It is not just believing in Jesus or that he died for your sins. We know that even the demons believe this and they shudder at it. It is not just living a life of obedience or learning a lot about God. It is being united with Christ. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We are one with Christ. Those who are united with Christ will turn from their sin. They will submit their lives to Christ. They will eat up his word. They will obey Jesus as Lord. These things are evidence of a person who is united with Christ. And hear me, at, at the judgment day, the only thing that will matter for your salvation is if you are united with Christ. If you are united with him, if you are attached to him, if your life has become his, if you have exchanged that, and and he has become your life and your identity, that's what matters. And we have to ask ourselves the question, I want to ask you this question this morning, is what, what identifies you? What would neighbors say about you? What would your coworkers say about you? What would your family say about you? What would they say identifies you? Is it being a mom or dad? Does your work define you? Do your hobbies define you? What is the first thing that people would say about you? As I asked that question this week, I, I shuddered a little bit at the thought of that. And I thought, what would people say about me? And, and I, I don't know. I know that in this crew there would be many colorful responses. But what I really would want you to say is he was attached to Christ. 
Not that he did all these great things or not that he had these certain gifts and not that, not that he lived in this certain way, but that when they say, when they think about you, what would it be like if when they thought about you, they said, she was attached to Christ. He was attached to Christ. I hope that before people said anything about me being a dad or a person who liked to travel or or a Broncos fan, or a photographer, or anything like that, they would say he belonged to Christ. He was united with Christ. And that is what baptism is. It is a declaration that I belong to Christ. And when you belong to Christ, you are members of his body. 1 Corinthians 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So in your baptism, you are baptized into one body. We are not baptized as individuals who make individual decisions for Christ and then are loved individually by God. We are baptized into a body. Then that passage I mentioned earlier, Galatians 3, he says, for as, many, uh, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, he continues on, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to promise. We are all one together with Christ. Why? Because there is one Christ. We don't have um, hundreds of Christs around here, just like individual Jesuses like that live in your individual hearts. We have one Christ, and we are attached to him. And because we are each attached to him, that means we are attached to one another. So many people think of others at their church the same way that they think of others at their child's school or others at their workplace or others at their favorite restaurant where we have something in common. We have something that bonds us and it, and it may even be something that is it's where it's beneficial for us to get along with one another, but not that we are united, not that we are a part of the same body. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 12, and he even says this. He says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Do we understand this? Do we suffer together and rejoice together? Has that been our experience? For some of you, that has been your experience. And my desire always is that that would be everyone's experience. When you look around the church, do you see people who attend the same worship service as you? Or do you see family? Now, you may say, well, we don't just come, become family by a snap of the fingers. And I've had that pushback when we talk about family, and it's a legitimate pushback. It's a legitimate question. Like, how do I just all of a sudden look at this person I just met and think of them as family? I think it's helpful to look at them as, as estranged family. Not strange family. It's that also. It's a strange family, but it's estranged Meaning some of you have had that experience. I've heard those stories. Some of you have learned years later that you have a brother or you have a sister or maybe you didn't meet your parent until later in life. 
And there's this feeling sometimes of wanting to make up lost time. Like you, you meet them and you're like, okay, I mean, I've heard these stories. There's this kind of feeling of, I know you're my brother, but we've never met and we don't know each other. And so what is that? Well, how are we supposed to respond to each other? And, and we would say like, well, no, that person doesn't feel like your brother right now. But it doesn't change the reality that he is. And so you should go about your business of beginning to live in that reality. Which, by the way, is the one reason it's so important to gather together every week. Not just for yourself, but for one another. I mean, you think about how many times you've been ministered to randomly on a Sunday morning where someone out of the blue offered you a word of encouragement or, or maybe prayed for you or maybe gave you a hug or maybe just smiled and that you, you're thinking, I needed that this morning and that other person has no idea. And when we forsake gathering together, we miss out on the opportunities to do that for one another. You have no idea who, what God has appointed for you this morning. You have no idea. At the, at the meal or down at the beach, you have, you have no idea. And so we need to be regular in that. You need to understand that the people being baptized today are not just individuals. They are part of your family. And we are responsible to disciple them, to bring them to maturity in Christ Some of them that will be baptized today have been following Christ for decades and have come to a place where they have made this decision that I I need to be baptized, and some are brand new. But they are making a public declaration that they belong to Christ and that they belong to us. At that same church out in California, we all gathered together another time where we had a bunch of people there, and um, a a young man came up. He was um, just come over from from the Middle East and and he was a Muslim and he came up he wanted to get baptized and he had been um, he'd been coming to church for a few weeks and um, unbeknownst to his family because he had he had I don't know all the circumstances around it but it was through a co-worker I believe and he started coming to church he started hearing the gospel and that morning he made a profession of faith and he said I want to follow Jesus at great cost to himself, and he goes to get baptized. And when the pastor said to him and heard his story, and he said, well, who, who's here to support you? And he looked out at everybody, and he said, nobody. Nobody that I know knows that I'm here. And the pastor looked at everybody, and he said, who's here to support him? And the group just erupted in cheers. They didn't know him, but by virtue of the fact that he was being baptized into their church family, they said, this is my brother. And in that moment, that man not only was baptized into Christ, he realized he was being baptized into a family, and his life was never the same. So it's this declaration that we belong to God, that we are united with Christ, and and we are no longer our own, but we've been bought with a price And in belonging to Christ, we belong to one another as members of his body. And in baptism, we are raised to new life and a new purpose. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You no longer live for yourself, but for the king. And if you're remembering your baptism, that is the vow that you took. And your your mission is not your own life and your own life goals. It is now his mission Galatians 5 says those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I die to my old desires, my old passions, my old way of life. 
Earlier in Galatians, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This is the identity language that we're talking about. You see, are you seeing through scripture that it is not just this thing that I believe and this thing that I'm saying I'm going to do? It is about what God has already declared over you. You are not your own and that you are created for a purpose. And what is that? Well, Jesus said it very plainly in Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we have to understand that our baptism, not only is it not just about my own personal decision to receive Christ as my personal Savior, that is a very small picture of it, it so is, is also the same that it doesn't stop then with me. It doesn't end with me. What God has done in you, he wants to do through you. And what he tells us to do is simply make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that he has commanded. That seems easy enough, right? We can get that done this week. Some of you are task management type people. Like I expect that to be in your inbox and you'll have it done and boom, by the end of the week we're done. No, of course. (laughs) I mean, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. Folks, this is why we simplify as a church is because there's plenty of work to be done. We don't need more stuff. We need to do the thing that Jesus called us to do. And if you are a Christian, if you've been baptized into Christ and into Christ's family, then you are sent. You are sent to live and love like Jesus, sent to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, sent to serve the least of these, to be a voice for the voiceless. This area should be infested with gospel-loving, kingdom-living Christians in every nook and cranny that the world says is unimportant. Because there are a lot of places in this area that I've gotten to know over the last few years where people don't put any time or energy, not just in our churches, in the community, because they say, well, that's, that's not worth it. It's worth it to us. Because we have image bearers in every nook and cranny of this culture everywhere. People created by God who need to know that he is calling them home. I mean, why would we keep this to ourselves? Why would we not go? Whether you are being baptized today or you were baptized 40 or 50 or 60 years ago, it is a story of a miracle. It is a miracle that any of us would desire Christ. And that is only the work of the Holy Spirit. Why would you keep that to yourself? I mean, if you find a fishing lure that works, you tell everyone. You don't tell them about the spot where you found the fish. You just tell them about the lure. If you, if you find an oil that works, what do you do? You tell everybody, right? I mean, that's okay because like, I appreciate a little orange oil diffused in my office. I'm appreciating that right now. But you do. Like, we tell everybody if you found a way that you could, you could score free or cheap Packers tickets, you would tell your buddies who are Packers fans. Like, you would tell them. So what about being reconciled to God? What about being heirs to God's kingdom? 
What about having joy inexpressible and peace unexplainable? Why not realizing that, that unlike that fishing spot that you don't want other people to get in on, that God's kingdom goes forever. And the more we share it with people, the more joy we have in it. It only increases. So we are sent. If you are baptized into Christ, you are baptized into his family, and you are sent today. You are sent to the world where God has planted you. It's not by accident. Let me tell you, God is not waiting for the church to design a program to, re to reach the people who are around you. He has already placed you there. He has already put you there. He has already made you and equipped you for every good work. You are sent. Some of you, as you're sitting here, just to, to wrap this up before we go down there, some of you have been baptized in the past. And, and maybe, maybe this morning, maybe you say, I've lost that unity. Maybe you say, I, I remember being baptized I believe in Jesus. I know that I need a Savior. I, I, I love him, and I'm, I'm trying to follow him. But, but, but to be honest, I would say that unity with Christ is not what defines me. Let me just tell you, he is, he's waiting for you. You can turn back to him right now. You can claim your identity. Here's the beautiful thing about the identity that God gives, it, gives to us is that he gives it to us. We don't earn it. You don't earn it by going to church so many weeks in a row or reading so many mornings in a row or memorizing so many passages of scripture or even sharing your faith so many times. It is yours because he says it's yours. And so the turning back this morning may just be claiming that. Saying, that's my identity. I'm going to claim the identity that I've already been given by Christ. So I would encourage you to do that this morning if that's you. You don't have to make up for lost time. You just move forward from today. And some of you have followed Christ for a long time and have never been baptized by immersion as a believer. And like I said, that's, that's my story. I mean, look, there are different views of this. And, and the, the important thing that matters is, are you living submitted to Christ and with a clear conscience before him and before his word? At our church, we have landed on the pattern that we see in the New Testament, that we believe and be baptized. So for me personally, I became convinced that what my parents did for me was essentially to dedicate me and to commit to raising me in the ways of the Lord. And they did, and I am so thankful that they did. But I felt compelled at 27 years old, having been in ministry for several years, that I needed to be baptized. It wasn't about what my parents did or, or if they did anything wrong, because they didn't. It was about what I needed to do in that moment. And so maybe that's you today. You don't need to pass a test with us. What you're saying is, I am attached to Christ, and I belong to this family. And some of you this morning haven't taken that step of faith. Some of you have been... Like we've talked about, I've been checking this out, investigating the claims of Jesus, or you started, maybe you started coming because you thought, ah, I think church would be a good idea, and I kind of like some of these people, and I just, I feel good about that, but you haven't crossed over to say, 
I'm Christ. I am with him. He is mine. I am his. Maybe today is the day that you respond in faith and you trust Jesus and you become a new creation. If any of that is you, I would encourage you to come and talk with one of our elders or ministry leaders that will be up here and understand that they are here to help you. They're here to talk with you and to pray with you. They're not going to be grilling you or testing you. What I would encourage you as as we kind of wrap up this portion is that, that you don't just push this off more. The Bible makes it clear that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So if what you hear today sounds like the power of God and sounds like good news, then why waste another day? I'm going to ask our elders to come up, and then I've also asked a couple of of godly women in our church to come up. So I'm going to ask you guys to come up right now. And we're going we're gonna to sing a song. And I'm just going to encourage you that if, if during this time you're saying, I, I need to do this. I need to make this public declaration. I, I need, I want to be prayed for. I need to walk through some of this. And I would encourage you to come forward. And this is not about creating um, an emotional experience. That's always a concern that we have. We don't want things to be grounded on just emotions. But then I was thinking, you know what? Northeast Wisconsin Baptist, I don't think emotion is our problem. Like, maybe we can run the risk of falling off that side of the horse. Like, let's, we can do the other side. Like, I, I don't care because you know what? It is an emotional thing. Our affections for Christ are emotional. They are supposed to be real. And so if you're in this moment feeling like God is speaking to your heart, then this is the time to do that. And I've asked, um, I've asked, we have elders up here, and then we have a couple of godly women that if you're a woman and you'd like to be prayed for um, by, by Lisa or Rebecca, that would be awesome. And I just encourage you to do that. And, and Donna, if you wouldn't mind coming up too, that would be awesome. Um, and just come forward. And, and like I said, they are here to help and to serve you and to love you in this time. Don't, don't be afraid. All of, all of them but one is really kind. Need to know basis. But it's real. Are you attached to Christ? Are you attached to his family? Have you been sent with this glorious good news? No matter where you have come from or what your background is, if God has claimed this on you, he has claimed it on you and no one can take it away from you. I would encourage you to, if you hear that, then claim your identity claim it in Christ. We're going to sing and come up and pray. And then afterwards, we're going to walk down to the river. And if you want to get baptized today, then just talk to one of these people. And let's do that. Let's pray. Father, we trust you in all of this. 
We know this is about what you are doing. This is not about us. This is not about an environment or an experience. It is about what you have already done and what you have already claimed over us. So God, I pray that right now for the people, I know that there are people here who this, this sounds like foolishness and it is, it is meaningless and I understand that. But God, I also know that there are people here right now that you are speaking to that you are softening hearts and that you are working in their lives. And so, God, if that, if that is happening, God, I pray that you would just press in all the more and I pray that people would press back into you, that they would receive the incredible gift that you have given them. That is, you created them and that though we have fallen from you through Jesus Christ, you have paid for our sins You have reconciled us back to yourself. And that for those who are in Christ Jesus, we are to be called sons and daughters of you. What an incredible thing. God, I pray that you would do what you have planned to do in this time. And that you would receive all glory in Jesus' name. Amen.